Next on BYU Sports Nation, rebuilding the BYU football brand. Do the future schedules cater to that? As in, likely to finish ranked? Jimmer Fredette joins the program. Would he be better suited on an NBA team again, or is the team overseas a better fit? Plus, we unveil the brand new BYU women's volleyball schedule with head coach Heather Olmstead. Which Final Four team is coming to Provo? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Wednesday, June 6th, wherever and however you are connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with future Cleveland Cavaliers insider, Jerem Jordan. That's Brian Windhorst. It's not me. What are you going to write about when LeBron leaves, man? Nothing. I, I'm pretty sure he's leaving. That'll be the most compelling story of the offseason for sure, which could be in two games from now. Who knows? Game three of the NBA Finals tonight. Who do you got? Cavs or Warriors? Uh, probably Cleveland. They need this game really, really bad. Desperation factor in play. Yeah, if you can't win at home down 2-0 in the Finals, you... You're done. You're toast. Okay. Emotionally, can they overcome the chaos highlighted by Jared Smith? But he wasn't the only one. George Hill's got to make a free throw. Uh, the NBA they can call a timeout. Well. Tyron Luke can call a timeout because they had one or whatever uh, at the end of game one. So we'll see if they bounce back. I'm excited to watch it. They've got LeBron James. You need a go-to guy. Sure, but you need other people too, obviously. You need a go-to guy typically in a must-win scenario. He is that guy. Can others step up? Yes. Yeah, he stepped up in game one, and they need a simple play from somebody else, and they couldn't have it. We'll dive into that with a BYU angle in just a bit. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football has put into play the current scheduling philosophy. Essentially, We'll play anyone, anywhere, at any time. It sounds like Texas Southern men's basketball. It sounds like Fresno State a few years ago. Well, that's when Pat re- Hill wanted to play. Anybody. Right, that's rhetoric. There's actual action from BYU now. <laughs> that has created for some very difficult schedules, notably over the next five years. That also has us wondering if BYU can rebuild the brand of finishing the season with some national relevance. Former BYU Titan Andrew George said this to us yesterday about the recent scheduling format. I think people get a little anxious, and the schedules that we're trying to play just don't really match up all that great with with, uh, some of the talent that BYU has. Agree or disagree, Jerem, under the current scheduling philosophy, will BYU win? Will BYU win? double-digit games, and be ranked at the end of a season. It could certainly happen. I think it's going to be hard, though, unless you have Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and Kai Nakua on your team. It may be tough, okay? There's nothing I want more uh, with BYU sports than for football to become a team again that finishes in the 8-11 to win range and finishes ranked and quantifiably relevant, as we've said on this program. Without a conference, how do you quantify relevance? If BYU continues to schedule this way, and feels it needs to continue in independence, I don't see it happening maybe ever. I don't know. Maybe once in a blue moon. BYU was built on not 
doing this. They played whack in Mountain West Conference schedules. Not four to seven power fives a year where BYU has historically won 40% of those. I'm not saying gear down to play like one power five. I'm saying, what about three instead of five to seven? Okay? All out of the 2014 rundown. Yes, 2011. How many power five games did UCF play last year in its undefeated mythical national title? Two. Mm. Georgia Tech was canceled. Okay. It would have been three total. Okay. That's how you win as a team looking in from the outside. 2014 was awesome. As you mentioned, BYU started 4 0 because they played two power fives. One was at home. It wasn't crazy on the road like we're seeing with this schedule. Right now, BYU's on the outside looking in with a strong connection to ESPN. That's a fantastic partner, okay? But that connection doesn't necessarily win you games. It gets you games on TV. It gets you TV money. But it's better, and it's better than being in a group of five from a financial perspective. I understand. But if the schedule's too tough, even those two things may not matter. Historically, BYU has had to win 10 games to feel confident about finishing ranked yeah a a non-power five with nine wins is not going to finish ranked as an independent with a tougher schedule if you play four to seven power fives and you win some big games maybe nine wins has you flirting with it depending on who you've beaten and how you've played against the rest more than likely no but typically it takes 10 wins to feel confident about finishing ranked i looked at all of the future schedules including this year through 2022, which are mostly filled out. If there is a year that I think BYU will do it, I look at 2021 because BYU will likely have a senior quarterback. Don't know who it's going to be, but they've got three young guys in the mix. Who knows in 2021? That could be the 2021 senior starting quarterback. And it's a feasible schedule to finish with 10 wins because they only have one world beater on the schedule at USC. Other than that, most of their Power 5 games at home and are winnable. Hold on, there are seven of them. I know. You're saying BYU's going to, whoa, what? Can BYU beat Arizona in Las Vegas? Typically, yes, you'd feel confident going into that game. You get beat up when you play a bunch of Power Fives and in a row. BYU's got Arizona State at home, Utah at home, Boise State at home, Virginia at home. Which of those teams are a world-beater Power Five program? All of them in Provo. There's just too much volume there. Historically, BYU's won 40%. Let's say they go 4-3 and and they go above 500. We're talking about... Do we feel like BYU will do it? I'm looking and giving you a year where I think that it is feasible for BYU to do it because they are playing middle-of-the-pack primarily Power 5 teams and the majority of them in Provo or in Lavelle Edwards Stadium South in Las Vegas. Let's hope. Tonight's Game 3 of the NBA Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland LeBrons. It's a gotta-have-it situation down 0-2 for the Cavs. In a BYU contact, Spencer, which we referenced a moment ago, which BYU quarterback would you take if it was a, quote, must-win game? I thought a long time about this, and, I mean, the simple answer is go back to the 80s because those were the guys, Jimmy Mack, Steve Young. Yeah, first I like first-team All-Americans. But I want to answer this within the context of the last decade, okay? Something that has happened recently, and I'm going to go Wait, with— so recency bias? Yeah, I'm going to use some recency bias here. because college football has changed, right? It's a different game. And I pick Taysom Hill 
for a couple of reasons. One, he was never blown out. He's never blown out. His skill set allowed BYU to remain in every single game, if not win some big games. He was 8-8 eight and eight against Power 5 teams in his career. That's by far the most Power 5 teams that any BYU starting quarterback faced in that short amount of time. He has been the quarterback of independence of these more difficult schedules. Taysom Hill is my guy. I'd take him. In a must-win game, I'm throwing him out there and saying, do whatever you need to do, whether it's run around with your legs, run around the defensive end, or just avoid a sack and throw a long pass down the field. He's the type of playmaker that I want on the field. I'll take 1980 Jim McMahon, the first 4,000-yard passer in college football history, a guy that five years later would win a Super Bowl with the Bears. Uh, BYU's had five seasons of one or fewer losses. Jim was the quarterback of one of those. Crazy enough, all five of those have been from different quarterbacks. So I'd take basically any one of those quarterbacks. But Jimmy Max, my guy. The other guys were uh, Mark Wilson, Steve Young, Robbie Bosco, and Steve Sarkeesian. I'd basically take any one of those guys. When talking about BYU quarterbacks, there's probably not a bad pick among like the top eight or ten because those guys could ball out, whether it was Max Hall or John Beck or even Virgil Carter or Gary Shady or whatever. These guys were winners who uh, carved up defenses uh, like a good chef. Like, they were awesome. And uh, I'll go with Jimmy Mack in a, in a must-win game. I want the swagger. I want the we-ain't-punting expletive thrown in there. I want Jimmy Mack. You mentioned Max Hall. He was my second pick in this because of all of that same attitude that Jim McMahon had. And Max Hall tore up the Mountain West. Max Hall a, tore up Power fun. 5 teams. He was 6-3 and three against Power 5 teams. Pretty good. Oklahoma, any BYU could argue top three win, you know, in BYU history against Oklahoma. I'm taking Taysom Hill to answer that last question. And he was featured in yet another ESPN article yesterday posing the question, is Taysom Hill really in play to become Drew Brees heir? Jerem, will Taysom Hill even start as a quarterback in any NFL game? Who knows? But I'll guess yes. There's an injury somewhere. He'll get the shot. He's turning 28 in August, okay? So I think his window is not as long as maybe or, or as big as we think. See, I think that's way overrated, and I'll explain that in a second. Okay, the window for him to do something is probably three or four years, unless he gets a shot in the next two to three and proves himself, and then maybe he can hang on, okay? Right now, he's incredibly gifted, obviously in an incredible shape. He hasn't been injured, you know, recently, which is good news, um, despite kind of a history of that. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. Unless he gets in and gets a chance to show himself, if he's like 31, 32, he's going to get passed and hasn't like done anything in a regular season game. He's going to get passed up for the cheaper, higher upside kids coming out of college. So I hope that in the next, you know, next three seasons that Taysom Hill gets a shot and does something of significance. Who was it for the Green Bay Packers that filled in for Aaron Rodgers the last four or five games, Matt something or other. I can't remember his name. Anyways, then the Seahawks signed him, draft Russell Wilson, and they're like, oh, Russ is better than this guy. But that, but he got a shot and got a contract and whatever. Taysom Hill needs this. Otherwise, he's going to get passed up in the next three or four years. Half of the NFL starting quarterbacks are older than 27. Yeah, but they're proven awesome dudes. Not all of them. Not all of them. Is but like a ton of a ton of them are proven like potential Hall of Fame guys. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not, they're running. They're no, no, no. Rogers, Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Wills. Like keep going down the line. Those guys. 
They're not running down on the, punts. That's one me, thing. I know you're giving me the top yeah. five, but the middle of the Keep pack going. largely is not that great right now. Not that great. But they did. They didn't wait until they were like 31 to like show out what they were doing. They probably did something in their 20s. I know Taysom Hill is 27. I'm saying I don't think the window is that. Small. Be 28 he's when the season. Starts. He's in a good place right now because his stock is high with the Saints. He's just a little old, and if he doesn't get a shot, that window's going to close. Brandon Whedon was 27 when he was drafted. He's a big exception to the rule. Like Taysom. What about but Whedon, uh, Whedon Chris Winkie? Again, there, there are guys that have Heisman been drafted. Heisman Trophy winner. That have started drafted. games. They got a shot. Taysom Hill hasn't had a shot. We don't even know if he's going to have a shot. I think he Saints. will get a shot. We hope. I don't think that age really matters to the New Orleans Saints right now. 27. It's like, you're 27. If you're the backup, 27 is still relatively young compared to the rest of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. If you've done something. There's like so Tom much. Savage has started games. Because they he's been around. He can do. Because he's been around. We don't know what Taysom can do. He's There's barely so much attrition the in the, the NFL. Saints. If he's around, he's going to get an opportunity. At quarterback, there's not as much attrition as Yes, there think. is. Have you seen how many backup just, quarterbacks have started in the last two years? It's ridiculous. There's so many oh, injuries. He ain't getting a shot with the Saints unless Drew Brees gets hurt in the next two years. He needs to go somewhere else, probably. The curious case of Jimmer Fredette has resurfaced recently with the announcement that his Jimmerness is playing in TBT or the basketball tournament, whatever that is. Fredette played 235 games over five seasons in the association, averaged six points a game and 13 minutes a game. Two seasons ago, or I guess three, Fredette was the D-League All-Star NBA uh, MVP uh, with 35 points and had a 10-day contract with the Knicks. Then the last two years, he's been in China. He's averaging like 37 a game. He is a big deal. He has a nickname, the Lonely Master. So, Spencer, would you rather see Jimmer Fredette in the NBA or as an international superstar? I'd rather see Jimmer Fredette play a ton of minutes, and most likely that's going to mean he's playing internationally. He's good enough to be on an NBA roster. I don't know that there is an NBA general manager that will give Jimmer Fredette what he really needs to be successful, and that is the ball in his hands and at least 20 minutes a game. That situation has never been granted to him. Why would it be granted to him now? I wish I were wrong, but why would it be granted to him now if it hasn't happened previously? For him to be successful at BYU with the Westchester Knicks, even in the limited NBA action that we saw him do things, like we saw, I think, two games where he played 30-ish minutes and had some notable highlights. But, I mean, if he's going to be Jimmer Fredette that we know and love, it's probably as an international superstar. He's not scoring 73 in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know and love Jimmer on the bench. We know and love Jimmer playing. So international superstar, ultimately pow, uh, playing time is the most important thing. Otherwise, he'd be in the NBA. Uh, but, but like you said, he'd probably be riding the pine, unfortunately. So I'm I'm international superstar. I, do I wish it was uh, you know in Europe where maybe it's a little more accessible than China? Yeah, uh, Fredette has said that he's going to play out his contract, his third and final year in China this year. Then we'll see what happens with him. But uh, that NBA window may have closed already. We're going to talk to him coming up in the next segment. Is that something he wants to do? Is get another opportunity in the NBA? He said this tournament might be a chance for him to get a look. I I feel like. Can't you be like, hey, watch this game where I scored 73? Or I don't know. I, I don't know that this tournament's the answer to that. I am convinced that Jimmer Fredette could be a double-digit scorer in the NBA if he were given 20 minutes on a regular basis. But I just don't think there's an NBA GM that's going to do that for him. And you probably differ from me on that opinion. 
But I think no, no, I agree with that. But but there's a reason he hasn't been given that for whatever reason. I just want to know, yeah, what what is the primary reason? Why won't is they a, let him play twenty minutes? Why won't they like, let him play twenty minutes? It, they not want not want him to just have the ball and bury it. That's the NBA right now, though. I've been bored watching the playoffs to a degree where it's like dribble, yeah. dribble, 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 dribble. A perfect segue into our question of the day and voice of the nation. Roll it. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Do you want to see Jimmer Fredette in the NBA or as an international superstar? From Facebook, Dwight Cornell. I would like to see him back in the NBA, but he would not get much playing time. So stay in China and dominate. Yeah, I'd rather see him play than not play. I think, do we all agree on that? If you You'd want rather Jimmer play, to be Jimmer, yeah. he needs to have the ball in his hands, and that's yeah. probably internationally. More responses coming on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead unveils the 2018 schedule with us. What three Sweet 16 or better teams are on the docket? Jimmer Fredette is going to join us next. Why does he feel like the basketball tournament is the stage that might push him back into the NBA? That and much more. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Football Media Day is Friday, June 22nd. Join us for a full day on BYU TV and BYU Radio with coverage of Media Day. It's coming up a couple of Fridays. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation rolling on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever, wherever, however you would like to converse with us and the program. Our question of the day, would you like to see the great Jimmer Fredette back in the NBA or continue to rock it as an international superstar? From Instagram at Justin R. Huff, I love all the success he's having in China. However, I only get to see highlights. I would love to be able to turn on the TV and watch him locally. Hashtag NBA. With that said, Jimmer Fredette joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Jimmer, nice to have you back on the program. How are, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Fantastic. We're, uh, we're not scoring 73 points in a Chinese Basketball Association game, though Jerem thinks scored, that he probably could score like, a few. In like seven games in pickup in the morning, maybe <laughs> I get 73. Yeah. I don't know. Jerem's got a pretty good shot from the outside. You know, He's got to work on his release. It's a little slow. But other than that, he's doing pretty well. You know my jump shot all too well, Jimmer. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Jimmer recently announced you would play in the basketball tournament. $2 million prize up for grabs, the TBT. Why was this year the right time for you to do that? Um, you know, my brother uh, and uh, a couple of his friends from back east put a team together last year to put it in. Uh, they approached TJ to, to try to help him recruit some players. And um, at that time last year, I was, you know, in contract negotiations to try to figure out where I was going to play. Um, you know, so I didn't feel like it was right timing for me. I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, risk an injury or anything like that, specifically when I was in a contract year. And, you know, I wouldn't have had everything settled. But this year I am already have a, a guaranteed deal in China for the next year. Um, I got permission so I can go and play. And, you know, it's, uh, I think it's a good opportunity for me to be able to play some, you know, competitive basketball in a real game setting um, without being in season. So I think that that's something that's really great about the TBT. There's some great players in it. Um, it's gotten better every single year. And uh, we have some fellow BYU guys on our team with Charles and Brandon. 
uh, will be on the team. And, uh, you know, we're just really excited to, to be, a, be a part of it, and hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. Okay, so Team Fredette's a two-seed, we're told, in the Midwest bracket, faces 15-seed Peoria on uh, July 20th, 21st in Columbus. So what do, you, what do you expect from this experience, and what are you hoping to get out of it other than $2 million? Bucks? Um, you know, just, just to go out and have fun and play some competitive basketball. I mean, I just love to be able to compete and play, you know, in real game situations, like I said, during the summer, because I don't, you don't get a whole lot of opportunity to do that. And the season is so short in China, you know, we get done in the end of February, or beginning of March, a lot of the time. And then you have, you know, six, seven months off where you're not playing competitive basketball. And uh, for me, that's tough because I love to be able to play and compete and have fun. So this is, gives me an opportunity to be able to do that with some friends, uh, with my brother, and, um, you know, be able to go to a couple some cities and, and play, and hopefully we'll be able to do well. But, you know, it's just uh, about that competitive nature. Jimmer Fredette with us on BYU Sports Nation. Jimmer, it was referenced recently that the TBT maybe is a bit of a springboard to get you back on that NBA track. That said... What kind of NBA possibilities are you encountering right now with a year left guaranteed in China? Yeah, you know, I mean, that it was that was taking a little bit a little bit on context. Obviously, I said I would love to be able to get back into the NBA, but um, you know, it kind of made it seem like that was my my only focus for playing in this and that's not necessarily not necessarily the case. I think that's one thing that um, you know, is is great and um, you know, obviously uh, I'll be in China for one more year, and then after that, uh, I'll be a free agent. So I'm definitely going to look at all my possibilities. Um, you know, I, I haven't heard anything from um, NBA teams as of this point, just because you know we're not really reaching out because you know I'm not going to be able to play for this next season. But you know, as soon as you know the season in China is starting to get closer to being over, we'll, we'll continue to speak with teams. We'll start figuring out, you know, good spots for me to maybe be able to come back and make an NBA return. Um, but at this point, it's about finding the best opportunity for myself and to further my career and for my family, whatever is best for us. Um, but obviously, I would love to be able to take another shot at the NBA, and hopefully that will be able to be the case. Do you think if you got another shot that you would be given what you've needed, and we've chronicled this over the couple of years, but an opportunity there? Or is an overseas opportunity better for you where you can do your thing and you can put up the shots you, you need to take? It just depends on, uh, you know, like you said, it just depends on the opportunity um, on an NBA team, you know. I, I, for me, you know, I think I would be looking for a spot where I can come in and be a six-man guy off the bench and be able to come in and be that spark plug where they give me, um, you know, an opportunity to go out and, and score and shoot the basketball kind of like I always have. Um, but maybe in more limited, um, you know, minutes, maybe 20 minutes a game or something like that, where I can come in and if I'm really shooting well and playing playing well, I could be a guy that they keep in for longer periods of time. But I think it's if I get get consistent minutes on an NBA team, I can perform consistently, and uh, obviously that would be a, a great case. And I would love to be able to be here in the U.S. to have my family here, and you know that's the biggest thing for me, just being away from my family out in, in China is always something that's difficult so uh to be able to be here with my family and to be able to be on an nba team would be uh really great but i would have to be given the right opportunity if i wasn't you know playing or anything like that then i'd rather be you know somewhere else playing and uh you know having a good time and having an opportunity to compete the great jimmer fredette with us on byu sports nation what's the best part about playing in the chinese basketball association um 
You know, there's a lot of great things. I think the biggest thing is, like you said, just kind of the opportunity that I have to go out and be myself. You know, I get to to, to play my game and and uh, shoot the basketball and have the ball in my hands and really have a huge income. Um, you know, huge input on the outcome of the game and um, for me that's super fun to be able to go out there play and try to lead the guys especially our team you know wasn't you know a playoff team when we first when I first got there and now the last two years we've been able to make playoffs two years in a row and kind of change the culture a little bit and and so that's a, a great opportunity great experience for me and I feel like I've become really a great ba- uh, much better basketball player than I ever have been and I've become more mature and and uh, feel more comfortable in my own skin. So I feel like I'm the, at my best that I've ever been right now. So I, I have really enjoyed being able to get better and, and learn the game and learn about myself as I've gone through this process. Jimmer, how's your Chinese? Uh, my Chinese is, it's all right. <laughs> I, have a, <laughs> I have a couple, I have a, I have a couple different uh, phrases and words down and uh, things that'll help me get around town. It's mostly, I call it emergency Chinese. And uh, so I can, you know, say different things, directions, and um, ask how to order food and um, say hello and, you know, goodbye, all that different types of stuff. So I, I'm learning it little by little, but it's definitely a difficult language to learn. It's a lot different than our language. We looked up when you first got to China, uh, maybe Google Translate's not the best place for this, but what pass me the dang ball would be, and it's bachio gewa. <laughs> So I think that's the only that's the only phrase that you need to know. Bachio Gaywal, pass the only me. Phrase. There you go. Pass me the dang ball. Yeah. Pass me the dang ball. That's good to know. I'll definitely I'll tell my I'll tell my Chinese guys that first day see you see what they say. <laughs> they'll probably like, you're, not, you're probably they'll probably be like you are not pronouncing that right. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, great stuff. Jimmer, what's your basketball training regime like right now? Um, right now, I just got back into um, you know this the month of June. I started to get back into to kind of two a day workouts. Um, so I'll lift and um, and get on the basketball court and play. Um, and I'll do double days, usually three times a week. And then the other days, I'll just play basketball. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm through from March through May. It was mostly just either lift or or a basketball. And I took basketball off for a little while after the season, um, just maintain my shape and continue to, you know, get my body healthy and get mentally prepared and also physically prepared to get back into um, where I'm working out. But now I'm starting to get back into it a little bit more full throttle just because you've got about three months or so, three and a half months until, you know, the training starts. So I'll start revving it up a little bit. And obviously towards July and August, I'll start actually playing more competitive five-on-five basketball um, with the Nuggets, I was, I'm always able to go to their practice facility and work out and play with those guys, which is always great. Um, so I just try to work on my game. You know, I, I always, you know, stay working and and uh, stay in the gym. I, I just love to be able to do that. Just is something that is um, an outlet for me, and I love to be able to do it. So I so I work out every day and and keep it going. And um, you know, it's been it's been good so far, and I hope to have a great off season. The Jim Rossity uh, Jam 3-on-3 Tournament Stop Bullying is coming up uh, at the uh, Provo Rec Center, I believe, on uh, yep. let's see, June 16th. Tell us a little bit about that uh, event, what you hope to accomplish. Yeah, we're, we're always excited about it. This is, I think, our fifth year in a row doing this, and we've been selling out um, with teams every year. 
Um, and it's it's been an exciting experience. Uh, it's at the Provo Rec Center, like you said, and um, you know all of the the proceeds um, go through the foundation, but go to um, the Provo Rec Center to help kids that can't afford, um, you know, to play sports or to get a membership to the to the Provo Rec Center. They get uh, free scholarships. So we have lots and lots, thousands of kids that have gotten free scholarships to play at the Rec Center and have a, a great place to go after school or during summer. That's uh, appropriate, and also. Uh, the counselors and everybody there are great role models, and they do a great job. So it's a lot of fun for us to be able to do that, and you can um, sign up at jimmerosity.org uh, um, if you want to participate and put a team in. And uh, it's a lot of fun every year. It's always a packed packed house with lots of family and, and uh, you know, kids, and, and then the sponsors come in afterwards and play um, during the, the lunch hour, which is always fun, a lot of former BYU players and and I think Jerem actually played in it one year. Um, yeah, and, it was fun. Uh, so it's yeah, it's a fun it's a fun event, and we do a great job, and and um, we hope to have uh, another great turnout and have lots of fun. So come and join. It's an outstanding anti-bullying campaign, uh, and uh, we look forward to another great event. Uh, we'll finish with this. Your buddy Lee Kamar just got hired as an assistant coach for BYU basketball. What advice have you given to him or will you give to him as he begins a new, I guess, portion of his career as a coach? <laughs> well, I, first of all, I texted him after, you know, I, I heard that he got the job. And I, I, I told him two things right off the bat, right off the first text. I told him, you still can't beat me one-on-one. And the next thing I told him is that, you can't. You still can't tell me what to do. <laughs> so, both of those things I told him right off the bat, and uh, I think he knows both of those things. But after that, I just would tell him to be himself. He's a he's an amazing guy. He's one of the smartest basketball players um, that I ever played with. Honestly, he just knew what was going on in the court, and he could do everything really, really well. He was one of those guys you just always wanted to have on your team and you didn't necessarily everything always didn't show up on the stat sheet but his impact on the game was so great because he knew the game he played defense he rebound he did a little bit of everything and uh he'll he'll take that knowledge into the into the court and he's also a younger guy that guys can guys can relate to him he's funny he's personable um so i'm excited for him i've heard um you know nothing but great things about him as uh you know uh, helping out there being a grad assistant and everything, and now he's going to take that over and be an assistant coach, and I expect him to at some point be a head coach somewhere someday. Um, so I'm excited for him. He's a great guy, and uh, like I said, I'll see him. I'll see him in the gym soon, but he'll just be rebounding for me. He won't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmer, great stuff. We're thrilled for your success in China and for the growth of Jimmerosity, and uh, I'm about to direct message every NBA GM and say, let him play 20 minutes and give him the ball if and, you're okay with that. And Baccio Gewa. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Bacio Gay Wall. I got gotcha. you. You got it. <laughs> nice. Jimmer, thanks so much. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Jimmer Fredette on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. The Jimerosity event's really cool. If you have a chance and you're local, able to participate, I participate. It's very cool. Jimmer's there. Uh, if you sign up, you know, you get to meet Jimmer, which is super cool for those kids. So well done. And they get scholarships to play in the rec center, which is awesome. Maybe I can get one of those. That'd be nice. <laughs> Coming up, more of your responses on today's question of the day about Jimmer Fredette and the voice of the nation. And we reveal the brand new BYU women's volleyball schedule with the head coach, Heather Olmstead. 
She has loaded things up, and she oh, is convinced a Final Four team to come to Provo. Smith Fieldhouse going to be rocking early in the season. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. National simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. It's time for today's top BYU Sports Nation stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Say hello to day one of the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships at Hayward Field in Tracktown, USA, Eugene, Oregon. The Cougars taking 15 athletes, qualifying in 16 events. All-Americans Connor McMillan, Rory Linkletter, and Clayton Young will all run in the 10,000-meter final tonight. Matt Owens and Clayton Shumway compete in the 3,000-meter steeplechase semifinal. Kevin Nielsen begins various events as a decathlete. Good luck to the Cougars. Absolutely. And uh, BYU ranked number one in several of those uh, categories right there. The Major League Baseball draft continues today with rounds 11 through 40 as we speak. Brock Hale, D.C. Clawson, Jordan Wood potentially in the mix to be drafted. Brock Hale told BYU Sports Nation yesterday if he is drafted, he'll lead BYU to pursue a professional career. Good luck to those guys. Hopefully we hear their name called. One of Brock Hale's former BYU baseball teammates, Brennan Lund of the AA Mobile Bay Bears, three for five with three runs batted in and a win over the Chattanooga Lookouts. He was a home run shy of hitting for the cycle. He continues to crush it nice. at the double-A level. And former BYU basketball player Jamal Ait signed a one-year deal with the Star Wings Basel of the Swiss Pro League. Uh, I think they finished in fourth last year. I have no idea. H transferred from BYU to Southern Utah for a senior season, averaged 12-5. and five. There are worse things than playing in, in Switzerland, Switzerland, you can get a nice watch, uh, a yeah. great bank account. Sure. You ski on some of the finest powder in the world. Yeah, yeah. You, you betcha. Joining us now in Studio B to unveil the brand-new BYU women's volleyball schedule for the 2018 season is the head coach, Heather Olmsted. Coach, welcome back. I wish we had some Swiss chocolate to give to you or something, but we Jamal don't. will get us that, yeah. Thanks yeah, for definitely. having me. We'll bring the Toblerone later, right? <laughs> uh, looking at the schedule, really exciting. You have loaded things up once again. What do you like most about the makeup of the 2018 rundown? And we'll see it over the next few minutes as uh, we go through the entirety of the schedule. I like the challenges that are going to be thrown our way pretty quickly in preseason. The quality of teams that we scheduled to challenge us in preparation for the West Coast Conference is, is going to let us see where we're at. And that's a pretty big deal for us heading into the West Coast Conference. So we'll be challenged pretty early, and I think our team will respond well. So they're going to be excited to play a bunch of those teams on our schedule. Let's right. talk about some of the really good ones. So you bring in Stanford, who won the national title two years ago, Final Four team. Kevin Hambly, former men's volleyball player here. That's a You have a big smile on your face. You're excited thinking about that one, it Kev, looks like. Kevin's excited to come back. Uh, we... Couldn't be more pleased to have a Final Four team from last year and two years ago, national champ Stanford in, in the Smithfield House. I think it's going to be a great match, great tournament that weekend. We're super stoked to have them in our gym, and we hope everyone comes out to watch that match. West Virginia and Wichita State a part of that tournament as well, so that's going to be fun. Kevin came with Illinois, I want to say in 2011 or something, 2012. He did. Yeah, so that was, that was good. Other highlights, USC, Elite Eight team, Utah, Sweet 16, San Diego, of course, in league. Uh, Wichita State made the second round. Marquette made the tournament. Six tournament teams. This is loaded. Yeah, we're excited. Five out of our ten matches in preseason, those teams made the tournament. That'll prepare us well. So USC, second place in the Pac-12, one point away from a Final Four last year. 
So we wanted to schedule a Final Four team, Elite Eight, Sweet 16, and we wanted to get all those rounds covered. Uh, and I think it's going to be good for us. We like opening up at home against West Virginia on Thursday. I think it'll be great to have a Thursday, Friday, Saturday kind of uh, schedule for us. It's a little different for us. One night, uh, one match each night. We're excited to be able to do that here at home. You play two at Duke to open the season, then the BYU Invitational that you just mentioned. What goes into putting together a tournament like that that BYU will host? A lot that goes into it is kind of who owes you a return and who you're trying to play. And, you know, Kevin and I reached out to and we got into a deal where, you know, we'll, we'll go home and away. And that was a good deal for us. West Virginia owed us a return. They're, they're good for that and coming back. And we wanted to get into a deal with Wichita State. So they're, we're going to return to them in 19. So that's kind of how you schedule teams. It depends on what you've done in the past, who you want to play. And you kind of pick up the phone and make some calls and see who's willing to play you and where and kind of just go from there. At Duke, uh, with the pair to open the season, which is kind of fun, they play in Cameron Indoor. So they that's do. a cool experience for everybody. Yeah, we're excited to get out to Duke. And um, I don't know, maybe we'll see Coach K hanging around. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Under in, maybe. One maybe he'll some, give us some pointers on our volleyball. <laughs> but we're excited to go out there and play. The unique thing about Duke is we'll play them twice, Friday and Saturday, and be able to make adjustments from the first match Friday to the second match. And that'll be good for our team to open up with a really good opponent in Duke. You've made the Sweet 16 the last six years. The program has, and, and several under you, right, and Sean. Is is this an attempt to not only prepare to do that again, but to potentially be like one of the top 16 teams to host beyond, say, the first rounds if it comes to that? Yeah, I think it's always a little bit of the underlining goal. It's We want to prepare our team the best we can with the – the best quality opponents that are going to help us win our conference. You know, you win your conference, you're automatically in the tournament. And from there, if we do our job as our team and we, we win the matches we're supposed to win and we can win and we pick some people off, then we might put ourselves in a good position to host with our RPI. And that, that stuff just kind of comes. We don't talk mm-hmm. about it a ton. We don't focus on that at all. Uh, I think our teams learn from the past couple of years when you do your job and you win a bunch, you're going to put yourselves in a really good position by the end of the year to have those first two rounds at home. BYU women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead with us on BYU Sports Nation coming off yet another trip to the Sweet 16 following the Marquette Invitational in Milwaukee where you play USC, Syracuse, and Marquette. Then you host Utah, which is always a fun game before a road trip to Weber State, and then you open up West Coast Conference play. At what point do you look at the schedule and think, okay, maybe I shouldn't schedule all of these top teams? Like, what, At what point does it become too tough or are you even worried about that? I think it depends on the makeup of your team. We're always looking at our team, who we lost, who we have coming in. I mean, part of our preseason is to get our systems in place. So to be able to play tough teams is is one thing, but to be able to work on our systems and, and get better at volleyball is another. So you've got to have the opportunity to get both those things accomplished. I don't know that there's ever such a thing as too tough, but again, you want to look at your team, see what you kind of need. With us losing, you know, four seniors and and you know replacing a middle blocker, we're trying. We have somewhat of a experienced team but we want to make sure our systems are in place you know through those 10 conference non-conference matches there's a different uh i guess setup in the men's game versus the women's games and amount of teams and whatnot who make the tourney in total that participate but you made the sweet 16 the last six years you know as, as a program and sean has made the ncaa tournament in all three years have you ever been like oh uh interesting i feel like mine is better than yours. have you ever compared that way no there's no comparison his is way better i mean final fours and National championship. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt because oh, there's no. like 40 teams that compete. Right? They're, no, they're doing a great job. I think they are. it's all relative and, you know, we're, we're, we'd like what we've done. We just want to see how good this team can be. And, of course, we want to 
get past the Sweet 16, that's actually, you know, a goal of ours. But just to make it in and win the first round and the second round and get there, we're in a good spot. We couldn't ask for more to be in those positions. We just got to we got to finish out how to finish teams off and close out those matches. I was, I was hoping for like a stronger response of like, yeah, I told him to shove it or something. But <laughs> you're just too nice. You're too good of a sibling, I guess. Thank you. Because <laughs> Sean would have been mean about it probably, right? He would have been like, no, mine are better. You don't know? I don't know. Yeah, don't speak. They're pretty good. Either. Don't, don't, yeah, don't do that. They are good. You're both good. That's what's fun. I don't know what's better. I have no idea. Yeah, it's our girls comparison. love watching yeah. the guys play. I love watching their practice. They're competitive. They're just so fun to watch. So we can learn from each other. It's great. Breaking down the 2018 schedule for BYU women's volleyball with the head coach, Heather Olmstead. You mentioned that one of your goals is, yeah, to get past the Sweet 16. You want to take that next step. Why do you feel like this is the team and the makeup to do that this year? I love this team. I love the girls we have returning. I love our four or five incoming freshmen. We got a JC transfer that's coming in as well. I think, yeah, they're hungry. They want to move past the Sweet 16. They want to keep winning conference. They want to challenge in the West Coast Conference, and there's plenty of teams in our own conference that will challenge us. There's never a night we can take off. We always have to be on our A game. So I think these girls understand. They've been around. You know, these seniors have been in the Sweet 16, you know, their f- freshman, sophomore, junior year, and they, they want more. I think this is a great year to see if we can accomplish that. Generally, San Diego is the team that challenges you. Who else is going to be there in the West Coast Conference? San Diego is going to be great this year. LMU was great last year. They're going to be good this year. Santa Clara is a challenge. Pepperdine, St. Mary's. Honestly, there's really not no team that we can relax for. They're they're all going to challenge us, and the second we kind of take the foot off, you know, the gas pedal, we're going to kind of get bit. So we got to make sure we're ready. All right, Heather, great to have you in Studio B. Thank you guys for having exciting us. schedule. We can't wait to see what games are on BYU TV this fall too. That'll be great. That'll be great. Thank will you, you allow, guys. Will you allow us to commentate? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'll be there if Spencer can. Yeah, Spencer will <laughs> yeah. be there for sure. I don't know about yeah. this guy. If Spencer can't be there, I will be there, Heather. You know that. Love it. You know that. All right, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation yes. karma for the Thank approaching you. season. We've got a good thing going. It's going pretty well right now. Top ten recruiting class playing this great <laughs> schedule. Sweet sixteen. Your life's pretty good, Heather. Your life's pretty good. Thanks for coming down to our level for this interview. We, we appreciate that. We're upper campus. What are you talking about? <laughs> can, we, can we just get a countdown to our season, like football? Remember last oh, year? Oh, snap. When you yeah. guys do we, your little jingle. Countdown we, we to the Dukies? We need to quickly just do that. Just a little jingle. Not now, but you know, we're almost okay. two, two months out from okay. starting preseason. But What is it, August 30th? Is think that about it. Or August, August 24th. 24th. Just okay. think about it. So it's minus seven. Okay. August yeah. 24th. Ben, okay. I, ben, I told you she wanted a jingle. I told countdown. you she was going to want the countdown jingle. Countdown to women's volleyball. We're going to put that together during the break, and I, I bet we'll have something before the end of the show. Oh, thanks, wow. guys. That's some pressure on the control Let's go. Room. Let's go. Okay, thanks, Heather. Okay, uh, that, that's out on BYUcougars.com, by the way. It just came out if you want to uh, check out the full schedule as well. Coming up, was it karma or just skill that led to Adam Law getting recognized this week in AAA? Well, we we always want to take some question. of the credit. Yes. And another BYU tight end spotlights the countdown today. A Super Bowl champion, no less, Jerem. Okay. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation will have a BYU Football Media Day show for two hours from 12 to 2 Eastern coming up on Friday, June 22nd with coaches and players. Don't miss it. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYU Sports Nation rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. I promise something 
during the end of the interview with Heather Olmstead, and I think that we should deliver on that right now, Jerem. Countdown to the Blue Devils. 79. So that's the countdown to the women's volleyball season when BYU plays at Duke. All oh, the Dukies. Hall oh! In Cameron Indoor. That's, that's really cool. cool. That's cool. You went there last year on the ECU trip. I did. Yeah. That was the I highlight wasn't. of that trip. Because <laughs> <laughs> the game sucked. <laughs> oh. It's the, like, oh. blue and white scrimmage or whatever, right? Like the midnight yes, madness. Yes, the uh, countdown to craziness or whatever it is. They did a countdown as well? Yes. Yes, they did. 79 days away from BYU women's volleyball, which would put BYU football at... Countdown to the Wildcats. 87. Yeah! <laughs> That's a hard one, though, because you can't, rehearse say that days. One. you can't say days because there are too many uh, syllables. We could go crazy syncopated. 87, 87 days. days. Let's do it again. Let's do oh, it again. Oh, my goodness. Countdown to the Wildcats. 87 days. See, that sounds cooler. <laughs> Way cooler. A little bit of execute. Look, listen, more complex. Tight end comes in motion. Slot back, blah, blah, blah. Touchdown. I mean, technically, you could do 87. 87. You could do that. But if you want Dude, a lot of syncopation. 87 days. Yeah. You know who wore number 87 for BYU football? A man we featured every week last year during the football season. Yes, Taysom Hill. Brian Billick. I love Brian Super Billick. Bowl champion. The coach wore number 87 and crushed it in the 70s. Yes, he did. He had great hair. <laughs> he used to have great hair. He was once listed as Brian. six feet, 180 pounds. He's like that's, six that's six. Like, that's like me on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they made the correction, I believe, after we brought that up on the air. Yeah, we, we said, hey, you Cougars, let's go, baby. We incited some change on BYUCougars.com. That's what we're all about here. Let's go back to the voice of the nation in regard to Jimmer. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Would you rather see Jimmer Fredette in the NBA or as an international superstar from Twitter at Loyal to the Royal? Yes, as an NBA superstar. Okay, hold on. Let me put it on the blue goggles for a sec. From Instagram blue at Taz Propst. Yep. He deserves another shot with a good coach who can use his skills the right way. Yeah. I think is that's there a over. coach? Is there a coach at GM that will give him twenty minutes and let him shoot the ball? We, Jimmer said, "Be the spark, be the sixth man off the bench, be the spark that lights the fire of the rebellion." We thought that the Spurs would be that team. They were not. Who will give him the ball? The Shanghai Sharks. Come on, we know that. Hey, coming up, NCAA track nationals begin in Eugene, and the latest from the Major League Baseball draft going on right now. Have any Cougars gone? And our elite voice of the day: hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Maybe you could sneak in as the elite voice of the day if you do it like in the next two minutes. This do is BYU Sports do it Nation. Before we check it for the hurry, last time. Hurry, quick. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guests, Jimmer Fredette and Heather Olmstead, who broke down the entire BYU women's volleyball schedule for the approaching 2018 season. Sorry, Dennis Pitta. Out of time once again. If you miss any part of the show, and Dennis, you did, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, former linebacker, the general, Cameron Jensen's trip to Mount Everest, and our preseason preview of the Wisconsin Badgers. Let's whip it. 
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Track and field. The NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships are live in Eugene, Oregon. The Cougars have 15 athletes in 16 events. All-Americans Connor McMillan, Rory Linkletter, and Clayton Young run the 10K tonight. Matt Owens and Clayton Shumway compete in the steeplechase semifinal. Kevin Nielsen begins a decathlon today as well. Baseball. The Major League Baseball draft continues as we speak. Rounds 11 through 40 happening. Brock Hale, David Clawson, and Jordan Wood are the three Cougars most likely in the mix to be drafted today. They are at pick 438 right now. Cougars in the minors. There's like 1,200 plus picks, so yes. brace yourself. Third Bren- of the way through. Brennan Lund of the AA Mobile Bay Bears went three for five with three RBIs and went over the Chattanooga Lookouts. He was one homer shy of the cycle. Adam Law, or excuse me, Jacob Hanneman went one for three for the AAA Iowa Cubs and a loss to the Albuquerque Isotopes. Adam Laws named the Tacoma Rainiers hot shot of the week. He also went one for four last night with a run and a win over the Memphis Redbirds. Laws hitting 424 through nine games AAA. Rugby. Former BYU rugby players Matt Jensen and Sean Davies make the Major League Rugby first 15 of the week. Basketball. Former BYU player Jamal Ait signed a one-year deal in the Swiss Pro League with Star Wings Basil. Today's Rise and Shout, brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it today? It goes to Heather Olmstead for loading up the schedule. Really impressive. Three Sweet 16 teams are better. Our question of the day, do you want to see Jimmer Fredette in the NBA or as an international superstar? Superstar. From Twitter, at Felt Joseph. Selfishly, I want to see him in the NBA so I can maybe go to one of his games and have a better chance to meet him. The elite voice of the day, also from Twitter, at Jake R. Kemp. Watching overseas highlights is fine and all, but I'd love to actually watch him play in the States. Keyword being play. If he can be a consistent contributor in the NBA, I'm all for it. Otherwise, stay in China and become an international superstar. He already is. Keep earning that money. If you want to meet him, just go to Jimorosity, dog. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. From Studio B. And for Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Gail Anderson. See you tomorrow.